Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. The oil and gas industry has increased by 40% in the past seven years across the U.S., leading to dramatic growth in some areas. Duchesne County in the Uinta Basin, Utah, for example, is the second fastest growing county in the U.S. compared to counties of similar size. Boomtowns are being affected in everything from air quality and housing prices to increased population, new businesses, and jobs. We're going to talk about it on the program today. We're going to ask you if you're being affected by ramped up oil and gas extraction in your area. How has your town been affected? Do you migrate for at least part of the year to work in one of these areas? What benefits are you experiencing and what drawbacks? We're going to be talking on the program today with Jesse Higgins, who's a licensed couple and family therapist. He moved to Vernal four years ago at the beginning of the boom. He's noticing a deterioration uh, in air quality, increased stresses on families, and an uptick in substance abuse. And we welcome in uh, Jesse Higgins. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Jesse Higgins uh, responded to our uh, inquiry we sent out to the Public Insight Network, uh, where we uh, look for uh, uh, layman experts on on the subject, and he responded with some very interesting uh, uh, things about Vernal and, and the boom out there. So we'll be talking with him. We'll also be talking with Emily Ly- Emily Lyerly, a young woman who's moved for the summer from Arizona to Williston, North Dakota. Of course, we're all aware of the boom there. Uh, she's working on a farm at a local newspaper, and uh, she'll, she can talk about what it's like to be one of the few women in the area. I think the ratio is 10 to 1. Emily Lyerly, welcome to the program. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, being with us. And we also welcome in Jerry Burns, who's news editor at the Williston Herald, who can uh, tell us uh, how this is affecting Williston and surrounding area. Uh, Jerry Burns, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Uh, as I said, we want to know how uh, you're being affected as well. You can join us uh, in this conversation at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, uh, or you can uh, join us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at uh, gmail.com. Let me start with Jesse Higgins. Uh, so where did you move from when you came to Vernal? So I originally grew up in Ogden, um, but then my wife and I moved out to Nebraska um, for graduate school, um, we loved it there, but uh, we missed the mountains. We missed all. You know, it's kind of hard to camp in a cornfield, so uh, we decided to come back. And uh, this job opportunity in Vernal fell on my lap, and it was a great fit. And so we decided to make our home here. And so you're working, I think, for the uh, counseling center there, and and various other things with you with your counseling profession. Right. So uh, I work for the local Mental Health and Substance Abuse Authority, uh, which serves the Tri-County area of Uinta County, Duchesne County, and also Daggett County to the north. Um, As part of that, um, I've got my hands in several different things, um, including the Uinta County Drug Court, um, which is actually one of the first rural county drug courts in the country. Um, It's been here for about 15 years. And then I also work at a uh, community health center that just opened, um, you know, kind of serving the uh, underserved people that don't have insurance, things like that. So um, I feel like I've got a pretty good perspective on how things are going out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just in snapshot views, I, I grew up in Vernal. As I go back out to visit family, oh, awesome. um, it's uh, it it is booming. It's uh, places yeah. where I could turn left easily onto Main Street. I can't do that anymore. Uh, what's what's your experience been? In the, you've been out there for what about six years? 
four or six years? Well, about four years. Yeah. So when when we moved here, um, from my understanding, it was just so Averno had gone through kind of a bust period, you know, you know, as part of the Great Recession um, in two thousand eight, um, and we moved here in um, August of uh, twenty ten, um, right when uh, the boom started happening again. Jobs started coming back. Some of the oil field companies started coming back and, and, and uh, you know, really hitting it hard here. So, you know, we've been fortunate. You know, we got a home, and, you know, it's just, it's just been very interesting to see the changes in Vernal in just the four years that I've been here. Like you said, mm-hmm. the, I can't turn left anywhere unless there's a, a, a stop sign. Well, not a stop sign, but, a, 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 you know, a cross. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't turn left. Yeah. There's a brand-new shopping center. Um, all kinds of good stuff going on out here. Yeah, there, there are definitely some benefits. You mentioned in your Public Insight Network query, uh, response that your your home you purchased in 2009 has probably gained, you say, up to $40,000 in equity? I would imagine. You know, comparing it with some of the other homes in our area and what they're listing for right now, um, you know, as long as the boom holds, um, you know, this is going to be an excellent investment for my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Let me turn to uh, Jerry Burns. Uh, how long have you been living in, in Williston? Um, just shy of two years now. Okay. Where, where did you come from? About 60 miles south of Chicago. Oh, interesting. So so that's a that's a culture change. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so you came out to Williston for, you know, for, for work? Yeah. Um, you know, newspaper jobs are hard to get as they are, and there was one out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've had, you've had front row seat there for at least two years there in this, this boom. This is an incredible boom. Uh, I, I think I bet re- read somewhere population had tripled in the last five years. Yeah, it's, I think the population from the 2010 census was like 14,000 and, uh, it's close to 30,000 now and service population close to 60,000 people. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess, you know, Maybe the majority now are, are transplants like yourself. Uh, maybe some people are temporary. Do you do you talk to some of the old time residents? Yeah, there's a there's a good mix here. Um, a lot of your old time residents are struggling. A lot of them uh, have not been able to afford their rent, so they've moved east to Bismarck, Fargo. Um, there's a sector of them that. I absolutely hate what's happening to their town, and there's a sector of them that have just embraced it and understand this is how life's going to be. Mm-hmm. It looks like, but and I've, as I made reference, I grew up in Vernal, and I experienced booms, which are uh, can have some positive and negative effects, but it's quite exciting. But busts are pretty painful. Everybody leaves, and you're 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 back to the old time residents, and the economy tanks. Uh, I don't know. With with fracking technology, does is the attitude there that uh, this boom is going to stay a while? Absolutely. Um, we had the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference two weeks ago, and you know the states, the state and the oil companies are saying that they have enough oil to drill for another thirty years. Um, I think Harold Ham predicted about two million barrels a day, twenty-four billion total recoverable. So this is going to be here, and it's going to change this town forever. Mm-hmm. 
before I bring in Emerly uh, Lyerly, uh, I want to go back to Jesse Higgins. Uh, Jerry Burns made reference to some of the, the old-time locals there in Williston had moved. They can't afford the rent. Housing is a problem, I think, in, in Vernal as well, or has been. Huge problem, absolutely. Um, I think right now, just kind of an informal survey as I drive down uh, Main Street, I think there's three or four brand-new hotels that are being built as we speak. Um, and, you know, if, if you're making an oil field salary, it's not too bad. Um, but if you're one of the supportive professions like a teacher or, you know, something like that, it is very cost prohibitive to be able to live out here. Mm-hmm. We'll get into some of the other effects. And you're, you're seeing, you, you, you say at least anecdotally, an uptick in, in substance abuse and, and other things. I've been reading about uh, increased crime, as, as you would expect, in, in Williston with, with increased population. And uh, you've got, you know, so-called man camps, uh, a male-to-female ratio, at least in the Williston area, of 10 to 1. I want to bring in, on that note, uh, Emily Lyerly, who's a young woman who I believe you, uh, you during the school year, go to Arizona State University? Yes. Um, I studied journalism at the Cronkite School. Um, and then last summer I decided to come up here um, just kind of for a change. And... Um, I came up again this summer, and I've been working at the NDSC Williston Research Extension Center. Um, and it's basically a farming job, and I love it. Um, and it's just such a different world up here, especially from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, aside from being able to be outside in the summer here, uh, you know, it's it's been a great experience so far. So uh, it's uh, what you hear about Williston, and this might do it a disservice, but you, you hear, you know, it's kind of like the gold rush and uh, a little bit like the Wild West and that 10 to 1 male to female ratio. What did your parents say when you, you know, last summer when you said, I'm, I'm going to go to Williston? Well, my dad's been working up here for three years. Okay, um, that helps, I guess. And yeah. my parents, yeah, my parents go back and forth and, you know, visit each other, but um, they were all for it. I mean, you know, work is work and that's an important thing in my family to, you know, go out and find something that you like to do and, you know, make money doing it. Um, and so they were excited for me. I have no issues here. You know, um, the last report I saw the New York times said there was a 1.6 to one ratio of single men to single women here. And, you know, I just haven't had you know, you hear stories about be- people being harassed and everything, and maybe I'm just in the right place at the right time, but I am, you know, I haven't been um, bothered by anybody. Everybody's very polite. Um, I guess you do get more looks than you would elsewhere, but, um, you know, it's interesting. I don't feel, you know, hindered by being here. Hmm. Uh, I was reading a report uh, just this morning, a BBC report. They'd interviewed several women. One who said she she always carries a stun gun. Another says she never makes eye contact. Y- your experience, you 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 feel okay? Yeah. Oh, I feel fine. I mean, I carry you know pepper spray, but I have never felt the need to pull it out here. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, I I guess I'm just I don't hang around in you know sketchy areas. I'm sure there are ways that you can um, you know hang out in the wrong areas here, but I just you know I think people are polite, and I. I treat them politely, and they treat me politely, and I, I don't have any problems, you know, um, avoiding eye contact and stuff like that. So, mm. Now, your father, I think, is, is an illustration of, of a phenomenon that is happening. I, I don't know to what degree of, uh, you know, people pulling up roots 
and going elsewhere, in this case to North Dakota, to look for work. Yeah, definitely. And um, actually, a couple of years before he moved up here, um, my uncle and his family moved up here um, from Oregon and just started a whole new life, basically, up here. And then my dad followed because there just wasn't really much going on in Phoenix, and there was so much going on here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he really is kind of a, you know, a success story really up here. Um, there's just so much work, so much that needs to be done up here, and it's been just really good for our family. In the meantime, I believe your mother and the rest of your you know, siblings are, are still back in Phoenix? Um, yeah, aside from my father, yeah, my my family is um, back in Phoenix, yes. So that, that, must, that must be some stresses there. Yeah, you know, it's it's like it's different not being able to see my dad as much, um, and it's hard. Uh, you know, it, it's it's different, but it you know it works and it makes us appreciate each other a lot more. I think um, with that absence, you know, mm-hmm. is the plan to move the family up to North Dakota, to, or or is the going to be separated for um, long know, stretches still, or what? Well, possibly eventually. Um, there are some issues with my scholarship, and that has to stay in state. So my technically one parent has to be in state for that. So. You know, maybe eventually um, my, you know, the rest of my family, including me, we don't like the cold that's here in the winter. It's just like negative 60 is just unimaginable, you know, when I'm used to 110 plus degree heat. Yeah, that's Um, a big difference. So, you know, we're kind of weighing our options, but that could be a possibility, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to take a a brief break coming up. I wanted to... uh, uh, Loop back to Jerry Burns. By the way, we're talking about uh, boom towns, and we're uh, talking about uh, a couple of the biggest. Uh, Vernal in the Uinta Basin in Utah is experiencing a big boom in oil, and a big oil and gas uh, boom. Of course, the, the, probably the most famous one is in Williston, North Dakota. We have a couple people living there. Emily Lyerly is the young woman who moved for the summer from Arizona to Williston. Uh, Jesse Higgins is a licensed couple and family therapist who's in Vernal, and Jerry Burns is news editor at the Williston Herald. Uh, Jerry Burns, I, I wonder, you're a transplant of, of two years, and I guess probably an example of uh, most of the town transplants in, but uh, have been there, and you work for the local paper. Um, you, you hear these terms in the national media, uh, Wild West, Gold Rush, <laughs> Man Camps. Um, uh, is that unfair? Is 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 that a true picture? It is definitely not a true picture. Um, it's it's sensationalism to to a point. A lot of this stuff happens, but you know I've always kind of maintained the line since I've lived here that you know you're not going to find trouble in Williston unless you're out looking for it. Mm, okay. So, I mean, people carrying stun guns—that's just feeding into feeding into what the the mainstream media wants to say. I mean, things, you know, being safe, carrying pepper spray, carrying, you know, making sure your cell phone's available, that's smart. Um, I mean, a stun gun just seems outrageous to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw an interview with the sheriff up there. He said crime is up. He attributed that to just an increase in population and increase in population of men. Yeah, and it's it's single men up here with nothing to do and a lot of money to blow. So they go out to the bar, they get liquored up, and it's, sometimes it's a giant college town here. Yeah. Uh, See, so you can make a lot of money out there. 
I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, I've, I was on a rig one time last summer with some guys, and, you know, they didn't have more than a high school education, and they were, I think the one guy was complaining that he didn't, he only pulled in $96,000 the previous year yeah, only 96,000 uh, maybe I'll move to Williston uh, <laughs> so but can you save that money the, uh, you know that housing prices are high uh, you say some residents have had to move they can't afford the rent can you can you clear big money you know coming out working and then going elsewhere it kind of depends I think for a lot of the oil field guys if they're set up in a man camp or you know depending on which company they're with uh, their company's paying for the housing, so they're they are just making all this money. But for a lot of us, you know, we're you know, we're living in what apartment guide said was the highest rent in the nation, more than New York and San Francisco and D.C. You know, it's a lot of us are in company housing, mm-hmm. and that's the yeah. only way we can afford it. Is the company locks down a lease and and they'll help pay to a certain point. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Higgins, uh, back to Vernal, in, in your Public Insight Network uh, response, you made reference to something that I hadn't thought about, but as, as, you know, as I think further about it, I think it's logical. Uh, you say a potential problem out there in Vernal is with the prevalence of oil field jobs, high-paying jobs, uh, people aren't going to college, and they're not, you know, that maybe fewer people are going to college, or, or uh, maybe seeking other professions, which which perhaps would be better. Right. And, uh, you know, this, I don't really necessarily have any um, significant data. Um, I know the health department says um, of Utah reports that uh, UNA County dropout rate is quite a bit higher than the state average. Um, But with one of the clients that I worked with previously, uh, you know, he and a anecdotally just stated that, you know, of the 300, 350 or so students that graduated from the high school, there was only a handful, maybe five or six, this was a couple years ago, that were actually going to leave Uinta County for whatever reason, whether it was school or whatever. Almost overwhelmingly, everyone stays here, which is fine, um, but, you know, there are limited educational opportunities here, Um, and I think... uh, also, there's a lot of pressure because right out of high school or even dropping out of high school, you can go right into a very well-paying job and start a family, get married right away, start having a couple kids, and and then you're dependent on that high-paying, low-education uh, job for the rest of your life. You don't have any flexibility to be able to go back and, and get some education because you've got a family to take care of. You maybe have some debt and things like that. What's the feeling in Vernal? This boom's going to last a while? You know, I hear conflicting reports. I hear in the newspaper that there's all kinds of leases that are opening up but with, as you mentioned earlier, with the fracking uh, technology and, and the gas industry and everything like that, that there is plenty of work to be had. But then, you know, speaking with people, they talk about how everybody's moving to Colorado or to Wyoming or, you know, this, that, and the other. So it it seems to be kind of, I don't know. My opinion is that it's here to stay for, you know, another 15, 20 years at least. Um, But it doesn't seem like the the people that live here are that optimistic. Mm -hmm. 
I understand, uh, Emily Lyerly, you have to uh, leave us at about 9.30, so I want to come back to you before. We'll, we'll take a break at 9.30. Um, I wonder if you, if you could put us uh, sort of in the, in the shoes of your dad. I'm not sure what he did before he came out to uh, North Dakota. What did he do back in Arizona? Um, he was in sales um, most of his life, and then the recession hit, and you know the job market just kind of plummeted. And so he um, wasn't working for about a year, and then he decided to come up here. Um, so he just you know drove up here one one day and found work within three days. He applied to three different jobs and found work within three days. Um, and he's been working there ever since. Um, and at first he was living in a man camp, um, but now he's got a little apartment. So, um, you know, we're grateful for what he's done for us. Um, a lot of families wouldn't really, you know, want to separate like that, um, even for the sake of work. Hmm. That's that's extraordinary and probably illustrates a, a lot of the stories you would find in Williston. He the sales jobs dried up, so he, I guess he had heard about the boom in Williston. He just drove up there thinking, I'll get a job. Yeah, um, he he heard about it mostly from my uncle who had moved up here before he did, um, and then he just decided to come up, and, you know, there's just so much work. I mean, I found my job through The Shopper, which is a little publication they have up here, um, and they list jobs every single, you know, week um, on multiple pages of jobs so anyway and it's you know it's a good place to find a job especially if it's one of your first jobs and you don't have a lot of experience um i found that hard in phoenix to find a first job you know um so yeah it's been good so you were you're working on a farm and i think also uh, part-time for the newspaper yes yeah i just started with the newspaper and um i'm at the farm again so what, a good summer. How does your dad like his job? It's it's a big change from sales. Yeah, you know, he, it's it's more of it's not a direct um, oil field job. It's he sells he rents out tools to oil companies like pipe and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he loves it. He likes, you know, um, feeling appreciated at work. He just he loves all the work that's up here. He likes staying busy. He doesn't really mind the cold, um, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he likes it up here. He enjoys it. He enjoys getting outdoors and, you know, just kind of figuring things out. But yeah. And uh, did you plan on keep keep coming back on your summers? Yeah, I think so. Um, I definitely think so. I I loved it last summer, so I came back this summer, and um, I would definitely come keep coming back. Well, it's smart to go north in the in the summer. Although maybe you get used to oh, the yeah. summers in Phoenix, uh, so <laughs> yeah. you, you have a blog, um, mm-hmm. Emily Emily dot wordpress dot com if people want to uh, to see what you're up to. Yeah, um, I actually had a blog last summer too, um, and I wanted to do a different one this summer, um, and it's just kind of about my experiences at the farm and now you know at the paper um, and just being. Uh, someone in Williston, particularly a female in Williston. Um, but, you know, I, I just find this town very interesting and very booming, obviously, and there's a lot um, to be done here, and there's a lot to be written about here. Mm-hmm. Very good. We'll, we'll let you go. I know you have to have to get going. Emily Lyerly, young woman, uh, Arizona State University student who is in Williston, North Dakota, for the summer. Thank you. Thank you.
We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we will continue a conversation with Jesse Higgins, a licensed and a couple and family therapist in Vernal. He's been in Vernal four years. He arrived at the beginning of the boom there. He's uh, noticing some good effects and some bad effects. We'll continue talking about those. Jerry Burns is news editor at the Williston Herald. He's been in that area for uh, two years, came out from Chicago to work at the newspaper there in, uh, in Williston. And we'll talk about the most famous boom town in America, Williston, and uh, maybe the most famous boom town in Utah, Vernal. Uh, what's it like in your town? Perhaps you don't live in one of these two towns we're talking about specifically. Uh, has oil and gas uh, drilling affected your town? Maybe your family. Maybe you, like Emily's family, uh, separate for long periods uh, to get the economic effects of working in the oil or gas fields. We'd love to hear your story at 1-800-826-1495, or you can join us at upraxcess at gmail.com. More following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread. At 300 South and 300 West in Logan, open Monday through Saturday until 3 with a changing menu, including an adobo-marinated chicken panini with cilantro pesto, daikon sprouts, and provolone cheese. Last week on Car Talk, we demonstrated our usual sensitivity to callers with serious car problems. You've had now two theories. Yeah. You're very good. Are, are you a researcher of some kind? I am. <laughs> and you're trying all these different, as we call them, treatment combinations. Exactly. Good for you. Thank you. They're both completely but... stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss the fun this week. Join us for Car Talk. Saturday morning at 10 and Sunday evening at 5 on Utah Public Radio. A number of vegetables grow on the two-year plan. This Thursday morning at 10 on the Zesty Garden, USU Extension Vegetable Specialist Dan Drost will help you understand biennial plants like carrots, beets, and onions. Dan will also give the latest in his five gardening aphorisms. Then, on Petals and Prose, Helen Cannon shares how flowers have been an integral part of Shakespeare's writings. That's the Zesty Garden, Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. The oil and gas industry has increased by leaps and bounds the past several years in the United States, leading to dramatic growth in some areas. We're talking uh, to residents of two of those areas, Vernal in the Yona Basin. Jesse Higgins is a licensed couple and family therapist there. He moved there four years ago at the beginning of the boom. Jerry Burns is news editor at the Williston Herald, and he moved there from the Chicago area two years ago. Uh, we uh, had on the line Emily Lyerly, a young woman who's uh, moved for the summer from Arizona to Williston, and uh, she had to get going. Uh, we... Uh, Remain with Jesse Higgins and Jerry Burns, and we'd love to talk to you as well. The number is 1-800-826-1495. Are you noticing effects, good or bad, in your area? Uh, or perhaps this is affecting your family. We'd love to know your story. 1-800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, so, Jesse Higgins, uh, you are noticing, as do I, when I go back out to Vernal, there are some uh, good economic effects a uh, very nice new library, a community center, a rec center. Um, the, the amenities are have improved considerably. Absolutely. Um, and just since I've been here, I mean, it's a brand-new jail, brand-new city hall, uh, brand-new senior center. I, I mean, I could go on and on. It's just been absolutely amazing, um, you know, what the county, Uinta County, has been able to do with what I imagine are the mineral rights. Uh, monies that come in, um, 
in fact, I, it seems like they don't. They've got so much money they don't know what to do with. Um, they they build a brand new uh, children's justice center, a beautiful building, um, just a, a couple years ago. And then recently, in the last few months, they decided that the land that that is on, um, they want to build a convention center. So they're gonna. So they bought all the homes around this this uh, area, demolished them, and now they've got to pick up this brand new building that they built just a few years ago and put it somewhere else so they can build this convention center. Hmm. Jerry Burns, are, are you noticing similar effects in Williston and, and your county out there? Or is, uh, are, is the infrastructure being improved with, uh, with tax money coming in? Uh, slowly. Uh, we rely on the state for a lot of our funding, and um, just with the way the the gross production tax comes in, we get about 11%, which is much lower than many states. So the city of Williston's actually in $140 million in debt, just trying to pave roads and, and keep up with sewer systems, all that fun stuff. And um, a lot of the stuff getting built is through uh, one-cent sales tax that are passed. We just built the $76 million recreation center, but... Uh, things like housing roads and that are there's a huge strain on the infrastructure mm. so the the uh the money outflowing to to build infrastructure is is outstripping at this point the, the tax revenue coming in essentially yeah yeah uh by the way emily uh, lyrely uh, found she was able to stay with us so uh welcome back emily Thank you. Uh, we do have a, a comment from uh, Glenn in Duchesne County uh, by email. Let me read this. Uh, he says, I moved to Duchesne County in 1982 when I was 11, south of Mighton. The traffic count on the road that year from UDOT was around 30 vehicles per day average. In 2011, the same road had daily average of 3,500 uh, per day due to the exponential growth in the Monument Butte and adjacent uh, fields. Uh, my unincorporated uh, quote-unquote town has certainly been affected. I graduated from Utah State University with degrees in history and mathematics. However, I chose to work in the oil field and have done so for nearly 20 years because school teachers don't even make half of what my base salary is, let alone overtime. Plus, benefits are exponentially better. That's Glenn in uh, Duchesne County. Uh, so I guess uh, some positive and negative there, uh, Jesse Higgins. Does that, that uh, ring a bell with you? Right. I, I think he hits on a very important issue as far as uh, infrastructure needs um, out here. Uh, there's no pipeline. There's no railroad uh, to move uh, the, the oil and uh, to the refineries in Salt Lake. So all of that goes uh, by semi-truck, um, which is not ideal. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Main Street in Vernal, uh, you know, it's a very nice little downtown area, but you just can't be on, you can't be a pedestrian. It's just too noisy, too exhaust, too much exhaust. It's just really, um, it's, it's rough, but, uh, and I think a lot of it goes to just that lack of infrastructure. Uh, Jerry Burns, are you noticing uh, similar things out in Wellston? I think we're starting to trend in the opposite direction. We're finally starting to get more pipelines in. Um, we're still shipping by rail, but I mean, there are noticeably less trucks on the road from two years ago. 
Uh, one question that I've, uh, I, I'm not sure where I encountered this, but uh, some people are worried about safety issues uh, in the fields there in North Dakota versus, say, the fields in Texas, because in Texas you have three generations of of people working there, very experienced workers. In North Dakota, you, you'd have a higher number of uh, inexperienced workers. I don't know if you're hearing any concerns along those lines. Not as much anymore. Uh, probably in the early days, 2008, 2010, when this first kicked off, you know, the oil companies were hiring pretty much anybody with two arms and two legs to go work in the oil fields. And as they've as the population has gotten a little more stable and the fields have stabilized more from uh, exploration phase to now production phase, you know, they're able to focus on getting quality workers in. So we're, we're going in the direction of Texas as far as uh, experienced workers, maybe not ca- caught up to them yet, but I'd say the the average worker is much more qualified and knowledgeable than four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Emily Larley, uh, I wonder the people you associate, people you talk with, uh, uh, mostly transplants like yourself. Um, yeah, at at the farm, you know, they come from all over, um, and you know, a lot of them are from here. My boss is from here, um, but then again, you know, some of them come from different places to find work here. Um, there's one guy from Nepal. There's a guy from Mississippi. They're just from all over. Um, so, I mean, I do encounter a lot of newcomers. You see all sorts of license plates here. Um, so it's really interesting. That come for jobs? So economic reasons? that why they come? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I've pretty much seen license plates from, it feels like, every state here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jerry Burns, I, I you know, forgive this characterization, but Williston, at least on the map, seems like it's sort of in the middle of nowhere. And you've got you've got people from all over the world coming in. Uh, we qu- couldn't hear you there. Could you repeat that? Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear your question. Oh, sorry. Um, I I made a somewhat pejorative comment. It seems like it's in the middle of nowhere there, Williston. Uh, you have people from all over the world coming in, um, and that's. I wonder if you've noticed the the, the same thing. For, first of all, when you came, what was your <laughs> What was your feeling about the town? What did what did you would you agree with that characterization? Sort of middle of nowhere. For the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up an hour drive from Chicago, and it's twelve hours to Minneapolis, so that was a big change. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely a lot of people here from different countries. I interviewed a guy probably a couple months ago. He was working at one of the Target Logistics man camps, and he was actually a not Sudanese, but um, a war refugee from Congo, and he's out here working. He migrated, immigrated into Arizona, then worked his way up to to North Dakota from, you know, being a prisoner of war in Congo. Hmm. One thing it, it kind of makes you think of with a lot of these people coming in, just uh, you know, the maybe the majority of the town are new folks to the area. This kind of this very American idea that you can reinvent yourself, and uh, I don't know if you've talked to people out there that uh, that's what they're doing. I think that's just about everybody I've talked to in the oil fields. Um, I can't say I've really ran into a lot of oil field guys who 
you know, are from Williston, born and raised. There's a few, but most of them have come from southern states or from states like Illinois, whose economy is is junk, and they come up here and they make a new life. And a lot of them send money back home. A lot of them are telling me they're here to stay. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get into uh, some of the drawbacks. We, we've been talking about some of the positives. Uh, Jesse Higgins, you say you're noticing a deterioration in air quality out there in Vernal. Right. Um, you know, there. this last winter wasn't as bad, um, but the previous winter um, is my understanding that uh, the Uinta Basin area had some of the worst air quality in the country, even more so than... Um, Salt Lake City, you know, bigger industrial areas, or not industrial, but, uh, you know, bigger uh, areas. Um, and and it seems like there's not, there's a little bit of a denial as to where that, those, that particulate matter is coming from. Um, but, but it's definitely having uh, an impact out here. Um, just a couple weeks ago, there was an article in the Salt Lake Tribune, um, talking with a midwife, I think, in, in Roosevelt in Duchesne County, um, and she had noticed a, a substantial increase in uh, the number of infant deaths and stillbirths, um, something like six times the state uh, average, um, which she attributed to uh, the air quality issue and was pressuring the health department to uh, look into that. But then um, there's also some other uh, issues. Uh, there was another article in the Tribune recently also that looked at uh, the fine particulate matter and uh, specifically nitrogen dioxide in the air and how that could account for uh, increased suicide risk in uh, the spring and fall time, which, um, you know, working for the community health center in the area, it's a huge spike that we see for whatever reason in the spring and fall time. Um, and so uh, I think the University of Utah is starting to look into that and see if there's something um, related to suicide risk and, and air quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say in your, in your response to the Public Insight Network uh, query uh, that you can, as a mental health professional, you can, you're definitely tuned into the fluctuations in the, in the oil fields. So I wonder if you could explain that. Well, I... You know, part of my job with uh, being at the community health center and also with drug court, um, you know, the nature of the oil field business is that there's ups and downs. Uh, when things are going up, uh, things are great, uh, but there are also there also are some drawbacks where, um, you know, because of as was mentioned earlier, you've got a lot of money that may be burning a hole in your pocket, which can lead to uh, you know, increased substance abuse, alcoholism, um, other illicit drug use, um, and that seems to kind of go hand in hand. It, it seems that uh, with some of these com- companies, you know, after they've worked in the shop for a day, uh, they'll open up the fridge and, and pull out beers around. Um, and I've heard that time and time again from a variety of different co- uh, companies out here in, in the basin. Um, but then, as you said, you know, when, when there's a bus, uh, families lose jobs. They're up to their eyeballs in debt um, because they're making, you know, six-figure incomes with, uh, you know, without uh, some of those financial management skills, and and it can really put them in a difficult situation. And so you see a lot of marital conflict. 
You see a lot of child abuse. You see a lot of domestic violence. You know, all those negative social ills um, when there's impre- increased financial pressure. And uh, the, the, I guess the long hours and absences, you also say, can put some stresses on, on families. Right. Uh, again, you know, the nature of this work is uh, working 60, 80 hours a week or being gone, you know, two weeks out of the month uh, straight without being able to come home. And that uh, I've worked with a lot of families, but that can be very stressful, having um, a family member leave a family unit a family unit for an extended period of time. The family gets adjusted, everything's going great, and then before you know it, they show back up again, and they're there with uh, you know time to burn and money to burn, and, and it puts a lot of stress on some of these families. Mm-hmm. Emily Lyerly, your family is, you, you deal with separation. Uh, how, do you, how do you deal with that? You, you know, mom and the other kids are back in Phoenix. You and dad are in the oil fields there. Um, what, uh, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I usually, you know, my dad comes and visits when he can, when he can um, but I definitely like coming up here and being with him the whole summer. Um, but my mom and dad switch off visiting each other probably every month now. Um, it's gotten more frequent. Um, you know, it's it is hard. It's it's a total separation, and it's it's very different. Um, but again, like it makes us appreciate each other even more when we can't see each other every day. Um, and, you know, he's doing something great up here. He likes it up here. And so ultimately, you know, we're happy about that. Jerry Burns, I wonder if, uh, if you notice uh, some of these negative effects, um, stresses on families, uh, you know, substance abuse, uh, other problems related to just the stresses, the long hours and the separations. Directly, um, I mean, in substance abuse. There's certainly an increase here, and you know, one of the things that maybe maybe Vernal is not experiencing this yet, but we're seeing an increase in the types of drugs that are coming out here, and also the types of drug dealers. Um, there used to be, you know, several degrees of separation from from you know, Mexican drug cartels and and biker gangs, and now those are actually coming to Williston. They're following the money. So they're, the cops are actually busting fewer of what used to be called Williston white dealers, which was a, a type of meth made in Williston. And, you know, they're going after cartels now. Hmm. Oh, yeah, amazing. Uh, if you just joined us, we're talking about uh, the effect on boom towns of the oil and gas booms. And we're uh, focusing on two in particular, Vernal, the Una Basin in eastern Utah, and Williston in North Dakota. Uh, and we're talking with uh, Jesse Higgins, who's living in Vernal. He's a licensed couple and family therapist. Emily Lyerly, who uh, during the rest of the year attends Arizona State University, but she's up in Williston for the summer. And Jerry Burns, who's news editor at the Williston Herald. You're welcome to uh, join us with a quick comment or a phone call at 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story. 
1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. We have this response from the Public Insight Network. Uh, this is uh, Paul, who uh, I believe lives in Logan, does work in Vernal. Uh, he says, the boom indirectly affects me in two ways. One, I've done forest research in the Uinta Basin of eastern Utah. Not only is the oil boom drastically affecting air quality, noise, traffic, sprawl, development, and environmental impacts, but literal inroads into the book cliffs are increasing impacts by rapidly increasing accessibility to these very remote regions. Two... I know one individual who was forced to leave Logan for the quick, high-pay benefits of an oil and gas job in Wyoming. Ironically, the same person was passionately working in a part-time job advocating for bike transportation over auto oil-based transportation. He goes on to say, winter ground-level ozone pollution. This is, until recently, an unheard-of phenomenon. Now it's uh, common in high rates in natural gas extraction communities, eastern Utah, western Wyoming, North Dakota, etc., Science needs to catch up uh, to a type of pollution that was previously thought to only occur with intense summer sunlight. What's going on and how is it affecting people's health? That's uh, Paul, who's uh, from the Cache Valley area. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, get a response first from uh, Jesse Higgins. Uh, first of all, this, uh, th- this idea that um, people sometimes are, I don't know, forced to maybe go against their principles. And in this, this case, you have to have a job, right? Absolutely. And I'm as guilty as the next guy. Um, you know, I philosophically, you know, I I'm probably a little bit more environmentalist than most in the community, but um, I wouldn't be in Vernal without the, uh, the oil field company either. Uh, you know, part of that, my job uh, probably wouldn't exist uh, without the boom in this area. And so I'm just as guilty as the next guy. Mm-hmm. Jerry Burns, are, is Williston area, is it experiencing um, air quality issues at all? I mean, hard to tell, to be honest. It's it's probably better than what it is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, you know, just, you know, just found this interesting stat the other day, and, you know, obviously I don't know how big of a, an issue Keystone XL Pipeline is out there, but, you know, there's a big environmental push against Keystone, you know, outside of the oil industry, and and just just of interest here, the EPA said in 2011 the U.S. was responsible for 5.5 billion metric tons of carbon pollution, and the Keystone XL pipeline would only add 18.7 million more, which is you know a fraction of a fraction. So just from that, I mean, if if we're able to get trucks off the road cut down on vehicle emissions with more pipelines. Maybe that's, if there is an air quality issue from the industry, maybe that's a solution. I don't really know, mm-hmm. but just something, just some food for thought. Jesse Higgins, uh, just briefly, uh, I wonder about the politics there in the Uinta Basin. I'm, I'm somewhat familiar, having grown up there and, and go back and visit. Um, it, it, is there an ongoing debate, um, you know, economics of this versus uh, the environment? There, there is. Um, I don't know how strong uh, the environmental view is put forth. Uh, I think I've never been to Williston, uh, North Dakota, but um, it's kind of an interesting mix with Vernal because we have, um, you know, a lot of BLM, a lot of federal workers um, that seem to have a little bit more of a, an environmental mindset. Um, there's a lot of tourism. There's a lot of 
um, you know, guides, river rafting, all kinds of stuff that comes with that. So um, I think there's a little bit more of a balance because of that. But I think the money talks so well um, with our commissioners, with, uh, you know, the state officials that um, it's more of an inconvenience. These are quality issues and, and transportation issues because, you know, we're making a lot of money. Uh, we just have a couple minutes left. Uh, I'd like to uh, um, uh, talk to Emily uh, Lyerly. I wonder, you've you've gone out from uh, Phoenix uh, a couple of summers now to live in one of the most famous places in America, uh, famous for the extraction, for the very issues we've been talking about uh, through the hour. W- what do you take back from Williston to when you go back to Arizona State? Um, well, for example, last summer when I got when I got home, I was interested in pursuing agri-journalism and writing about, um, you know, the agriculture industry. So that really inspired me. And I'm just, you know, I think the oil boom is something great, you know, for this country. We've got the lowest unemployment rate in the country. Um, And so, you know, I I like to bring back stories from my friends about how great it was and how, you know, a lot of times the articles that we read, you know, um, in the mainstream media just kind of paint it in a different light from what I it as and so I try to kind of you know bring it back to the good experiences that I've had here and how it's you know helping my family and helping me um, and I, you know I just I love it here I've grown a lot here um, and I like all the work that's going on mm. uh, Jerry Burns you you know two years there in Williston came out from the Chicago area what what would you like most like to tell people about Williston what, what's the picture you want to leave I would tell people that this is actually a really nice community. Um, It's going through some growing pains, but a lot of our problems are starting to dissipate. You know, the homeless population is going down. Um, Housing has doubled. Uh, Just a lot of, you know, there's good education, too. Uh, Williston State College has a train and D program, which trains people in oil field work as well as helping push them into degrees in things like petroleum engineering. So I would say that it's it's not what you read mm-hmm. in the New York Times or or BBC, anything like that. But this is a good community. It's good people. And it's just going through some some tough times right now. We'll have to leave it there. We're out of time. Uh, much more to be said, of course. Uh, we appreciate uh, Jesse Higgins, uh, who's out in Vernal. Thanks for joining the program. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Uh, Jerry Burns, news editor with the Wordliston Herald. Thanks. Thank you. And Emily Lyerly, thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to uh, keep somewhat related topic tomorrow. Uh, you've no doubt heard about new rules from the EPA on uh, carbon emissions. We're going to see how that might affect Utah. We're a big uh, coal-using state for our power. We're going to be talking with the Sierra Club and uh, some other people on this issue. Hope to have your comments as well. That's tomorrow on the program. Thanks so much for listening today. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Presenting the fractured fairy tale mashup, Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods. Information at bard.org. And Logan Regional Hospital Foundation, hosting the annual Cash Grand Fondo bike ride through Cash Valley beginning at Logan Regional Hospital on July 12th. Registration information available at cashgrandfondo.com. 
commentator, Thad Box. An armed standoff in Nevada between a renegade cowman and the Bureau of Land Management damaged us all. Ranchers have long been symbols of America at its raw best. Because of one lawbreaker, millions of Americans who once admired Western culture now see ranchers as outlaws. One man's refusal to play by the rules tarnished the image of good ranchers. But his hurtful comments about people and community demonstrated the old adage, you give a feller enough rope and he'll hang himself. Good ranchers put land health above individual wealth and power. I've known many good ranchers who work to leave the land better than they found it. One is a poet whose verse gives us a look inside the hearts and minds of ranchers. He's also a founder of a research program to improve rangelands. He donates his time and money to improving the land, public and private. Another rancher I know passed away a couple of years ago in Oregon. He and his wife had opened their ranch to show others what could be done. They worked with any group that would come on their place. They were true missionaries for the land. And another descended from a grandfather who led Mormon settlers into the desert of southeastern Utah. Now, as he distributes his land to his children, he talks about the needs of grandchildren yet unborn. He is one of the nation's most articulate spokespersons for keeping rangelands, public or private, healthy by applying the latest science. He guides others in using endowments, easements, and other legal tools to spread the bounty of their land broadly. All these ranchers have a land ethic that reflects individual responsibility for the health of the land. Let us thank these good ranchers and give lawbreakers who exploit our land for personal gain enough rope to hang themselves. This is Thad Box. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan. Stay tuned for the Zesty Garden. Time now is 10 o'clock. A number of vegetables grow on the two-year plant.